Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. So glad to be back here with you on the podcast. Yeah, we have a lot of interesting updates, fun updates. What's going on, Angie? Well, we launched the homeschool blueprint, you guys. Wow. We started out thinking that was going to be like three hours of curriculum, 20-page workbook. What Mm -hmm. ended up happening, honey? It became six sessions plus a bonus session on leaving a legacy. Yeah. Six and a half hours of curriculum. Yeah. Very to-the-point curriculum. And a 43-page workbook, which is interactive, lets you take notes and action steps and so forth. So it's really to help Mm -hmm. you create your unique blueprint to homeschooling, whether you're the most seasoned. We've already got reviews from people five, six, seven years homeschooling that are Mm -hmm. loving it, to the brand new people. Lots of brand new people have been enjoying it. So praise God on that. And Yeah, it's exciting. We kept the price the same and it's discounted 63% because we just wanted to keep the price low right now with everything going on in the Mm -hmm. world and the economy and things. So anyways, that's awesome. Yeah. But it's also been exciting to be able to bless some families that couldn't afford it, that really needed the help as well. Yeah. So we're open to giving it if there's absolutely, there's no way Mm -hmm. somebody can pay for it. You can always message us and let us know. So Mm -hmm. it's been working out pretty awesome. So praise God on that. Um, and we're just really having fun with the ministry. Uh, it's so encouraging when you guys share, give us five-star reviews, mm-hmm. the reviews. Uh, it's not us, actually. It's the it's the movement, One yeah. Million Legacies. And um, so just thank you for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'd love to, you know, we love to keep serving. So um, anyways, uh, let's dive into this. We have six keys to healthy attitudes. Okay. Why, why do you think that's important right now? <laughs> well... <laughs> If any of you guys have been experiencing having your kids home, I mean, people who have their kids homeschooling have their kids at home all the time, Mm -hmm. right? And um, so we're used to dealing with sin and attitudes and things like that. Um, All parents have experienced this at some point or another, right? Um, But homeschool parents just deal with that like more often because they're with their kids more hours in the day, right? But right now with the quarantine and the stay-at-home order because of the coronavirus, everybody is at home. And so the longer that that goes on, the harder it can be to have a good attitude. Yeah. And sometimes when you're only with your kids part of the day, uh, you kind of let things slide. You might mm-hmm. let things slide because you don't see it mm-hmm. as deeply. But when you're together all the time, you see things more deeply. And I guess that's the opportunity, yeah. as you always say, which is, hey, at least you're seeing it, right? Right, exactly. It's better than the unseen sins that you don't know to deal with or to encourage your kids in. So we have so. six keys for you guys that will help everybody, we believe. These are keys we continue to use ourselves. That's right. And we actually, <laughs> I'm, you know, I think that we have a resource. Isaac and I always like to try to um, promote or share a new resource with you guys that we have become aware of. Yeah. And so in this podcast, there's actually something on my mind that I'm going to share with them oh, and we have okay. a discount code for them. So. All right. mm-hmm. Oh, you're going to share it later? Yeah, later. Oh, okay. Well, let's start <laughs> this thing. So point number one, it's so important to start 
the day right. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not just referring to Bible time. You've heard us talk about that many times. There's many aspects to starting the day right that are Mm -hmm. very, very important and really affect your kids, whether they're a two-year-old or a 14-year-old. Yeah. And let's just be honest. They also affect you on if you're starting your day right, it affects your attitude. And we all know that attitude reflects leadership. That's one of our our most favorite quotes from Remember the Titans, right? Such a good movie. It is such a good movie. I don't know if you wait. I have to go into a side note here because they might not know this. Hmm. But um, you guys, did I don't know if you knew that Isaac's um, dad. Henry Castro was on the original Remember the Titans team. And so when we first were married, they had the premiere, right? Because yeah. we had Denzel Washington, all these guys were in the movie. I'm just letting you in on a little piece of our history here. It's just kind of a cool yeah, little piece. Um, so we flew to to stay with Isaac's family in Virginia and got to go see the premiere. It was a red carpet event and meet the yeah. whole team. Isaac got to sit with Yost and some of Boone, the, Coach Boone. Yeah, and they told him stories about his dad because you didn't actually get to meet your dad. Yeah, super cool. Actually, one of the players, when they found out I was Henry's son, he was so excited to meet me, and he said, "I got to introduce you to every player." So he took me around. Yeah. We were at the, they rented out the whole ESPN zone, and um, they took me around one by one, and each of the players told me something about my dad. So that was pretty cool. It's pretty cool. His dad actually represents a unique. Um, kind of niche during that time because there was a lot of racism back then. If you've watched the movie, you know yeah. what I'm talking about. But that was primarily between the African-Americans and the white people. But his dad was actually from Venezuela. Yeah. And he was him and his his sisters and his brother were like the only ones yeah. in the school during that. And he but. was a, a starter. Uh, he played uh, well, and uh, he was friends with uh, Bertier and Number the other guys. So anyways, yeah. super yeah. cool. But Attitude reflects leadership. That's right. Yeah. And so I think that there's an important element of recognizing the power of influence that we have as parents and being responsible to start our day out right so that we can lead our kids in starting out their day right. Otherwise, we're being hypocrites, right? We can't lead people. We can't lead our kids where we have not gone. So if we don't have a good attitude, we can't lead our kids to have a good attitude. Yeah. So one of the keys to starting the day right is really good connection with each of your kids Mm -hmm. and good connection involves eye contact sometimes we can be so busy where we're looking at the things we're focused on while listening to them over here Mm -hmm. and i think if you start the day where they feel their love tank is filled where they feel a good connection with you that's a big deal it's a really big deal. I think that some kids, well, first of all, all kids are wired differently, right? I yeah. mean, there's the element of what makes each person feel valued, which is uh, different than love languages. But then yeah. there's also like certain love languages that each person has. And it's just good to study your kids, be aware of what makes them feel filled up, right? Yeah. What does actually fill their love tank. And that's going to require you not being selfish as a parent and thinking that your kids get filled up the way you do. But recognizing that they're different people and then trying to connect with them on their level in the way that's going to make them feel like you love them. And it's uh, a bit of an affirmation for them to feel that connection with you. And you might even use words that your kids need to hear based on what you know about them. Mm -hmm. So you might know some of the things they have going on for the day. You might know some of the challenges they're dealing with, some of the previous attitudes that haven't been right. Mm -hmm. And so you need to be smart and you need to be thinking and have wisdom and think about the words that are going to shift their behavior by making them feel affirmed in the good aspects of who they are 
not the negative things. Sometimes we just focus on the negatives, yeah. but they need that positive affirmation. Yeah. Hey, you guys, you know, if you want a good book to be challenged in this, Sam Crabtree has a book called Practicing Affirmations. And it's, uh, it's I mean, it's for counselors, but it's a fantastic book that shows um, even biblical um, ways that Jesus affirmed people. And it, it's just really- By good. the way, we're not saying, you know, look in the mirror and say, you're great. You're beautiful. No, we're, not the self-love movement. No. That's not what we're talking about here. Um, so the other thing is real simple and practical. You want to talk about it? Food. Boom. There you there go. It is. No, no. In all real reality, um, this is actually a really big topic. We won't get into it as much as we do in the Courageous Parenting Mentor Program. But the reality is, is food, nourishment, nutrition, sustenance is one of the most basic needs of all people. God made us to actually survive on food. And so in the parenting program, we talk about um, the basic needs of every person, every human, and how it's our responsibility as the parents to be fulfilling their needs, providing for their needs. And one of the other aspects is being realistic about you know, are you setting your kids up for failure or success? You're not going to take them grocery shopping if they, if it's during nap time and they didn't eat lunch, right? They'll be too tired and they'll be hungry. And yeah. so of course you should expect some kind of meltdown or tiredness because you haven't set them up for success. You have set them up for failure. There's actually either or. So there's two kinds of feasting. There's feasting on food. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about feasting on the word of God. That's right. And so that's the next God's thing. God's word is the bread of life. So right? they need both of those things. Mm -hmm. And you need to lead them in that. And if they're really little, obviously you're reading for them. They might have, if they're older, they might have their own devotion mm -hmm. time. Or you're doing Bible time or a mix of those things. And prayer. Praying together not only does it activate God in a real way. He hears our prayers. But secondly, we get to hear each other's hearts. hearts. It is the best way to deepen relationships, know what's on people's hearts. Um, and this is something that I talk about a lot in the biblical friendship course, because a lot of times mm, people say that their relationship with so-and-so is centered on Christ. Oh, we go to church together. Mm -hmm. But I would just venture to ask some really hard questions. Do you pray for your friend? And then do you pray with them? Like, have you sat folded your hands and prayed together yeah. for people. Like that's actually a Christ-centered friendship. And so that can actually be played out in your relationships with your kids. And knowing what's really on someone's heart comes across when they're communicating with God, when they're in that yeah. safe space. I know as a dad, uh, I feel like I've already won the day when I'm involved in some of these things with our family. Yeah. It just makes me feel so good. Your I, attitude is directly I could have been affected. feeling like, oh, I'm so tired. I didn't sleep last night. Got woke up five times or whatever. Which, by the way, did happen to us last night. So, <laughs> it, and then, you know, and then I start leading and helping others and yeah. I start to feel better, which we're going to talk about. That's a principle in here too. Um, but the second thing we want to talk about is clear expectations. This is a big deal mm -hmm. because... Nobody likes things sprung on them. And sometimes as parents, we're absolutely in control. And so we can take that for granted and just move our kids around in the way we want to go. And Oh, we're doing this now yeah. with no notice. And sometimes there's unavoidable. So mm -hmm. don't feel bad about yourself. You but definitely do want to lead for sure. That's not what we're talking about here but though. As much as you can be thoughtful about the day think in advance and just as you would want to kind of know the lay of the land for the day 
So do they. Right. And they do better. And it doesn't matter how old they are. Even the four-year-old can feel empowered and feel more confident when they know what to expect, right? So like today, we even did that after our family Bible time. We were having a little family meeting. Yeah. And I just said, hey, you guys, we're reinstituting quiet time today. Solomon, this is going to be your first time having quiet time. You're four years old. And so it's, it's going to happen. And then you're going to have your nap. Cause a lot of times we've done quiet time, like during the kid's nap because yeah. they're quiet, yeah. but he's at that age now where at four years old, I'm going to try to see if he can flip the, the pages in the word and song Bible. And he can do that on his own. He'll have a little chime to turn the page. If he can drive an RC car, he can flip pages. That's right. So here's something that's profound that you just gave an example of that I want to talk about. It's called Preframing. Mm-hmm. Preframing is something a lot of times talked about in the business world and leadership. And it's used because for the same reason, people thrive when they understand the potential challenge or change or something happening way in advance. And you teach them in advance about it or how they want to respond to it when it happens. Then when it comes, they expect it and mm-hmm. there's not an emotional drain on them yeah. trying to figure it out because the leader already made them aware of it. So that was a perfect example because if we didn't preframe to Solomon that there's going to be quiet time today, then he would have, he might have had Uh, been upset about it because he loves to play with his toys and things like that. But because it was mentioned in the morning and it was pre-framed around, that's part of being a big boy. Mm -hmm. Now he's looking forward to it where that could have been a challenge. Right. And so whenever you're adding in something new, you always want to pre-frame, give expectations um, and make them somehow give them vision that this is actually part of growing up. This is what you have. This is what we've been looking forward to. And so we put little, um, little, I guess, trinkets along the way to kind of get them looking forward to growing up too. Yeah. Like that's also a part of preframing is dreaming with your kids when they're younger of what to expect when they're older. It reminds me of something in business. Some of the guys might find this interesting. I used to run a large organization, uh, where we had 32, physical locations across two Mm -hmm. states and we were going into the recession of 2008 and I uh, asked God for wisdom to lead this through this and he really gave me supernatural wisdom and I started spending part of my Fridays just thinking I'd pray and then I would just think and I'd have my journal no electronics on me and I would write and I kept thinking of things that would happen way before they would actually happen. And so my team, I would run conference calls weekly and meetings and one-on-one calls with them. And I would give them information about what's going to be happening soon. And as I, here's how we're going to respond to it. And they were, they, it was amazing. We grew Mm -hmm. to levels that never been seen before when the economy was crashing. And I just give you that, that's a kind of a bigger example of the same thing of teaching your four-year-old about something different happening today ahead of time and how we're going to respond to it. That's the power of pre-framing. It is so important. Right. But it does take a little bit of vision to pre-frame. So you need to think about what you want your family to be doing down the road so that you can actually start sharing those things. Like, for example, the nine-year-old in our family yeah. knows that when he gets to be 12 years old, then he can stay up a little bit later. Like there's even those little things where it's like, no, buddy, you get to do that when you're older. And so he has something to look forward to. But pre-framing can be really important in this season that we're in right now yeah. on a day-to-day basis 
trying to plan, but this requires you to kind of plan ahead and have at least something planned for your day, yeah. right? And that's actually part of what we're trying to inspire you to here is that you recognize that as parents, your family is your jurisdiction and you should be living purposefully yeah. and giving your kids something that we're doing today. So like for us, we have like purpose. We yeah. have productivity happening. We have people doing school, but we also have we have different things going on. Like they know that tonight we're having salmon and crepes and yeah. like there's like fun Special things and, the, and people know who's going to be helping make the crepes, who's going to be helping with the dinner and, and that kids actually like that. We put worship music on and we do something fun. So finding something fun that you can have in your day or something that's like a reward that you can do along with the hard things and giving that vision. It's only two things. And by the way, that's so good. And by the way, um, husbands, you should follow me on resolute.man because right now I'm giving wisdom on that kind of same thing. Two weeks ago, I was saying, hey, in 30 days, what decisions do you need to be making today that will be required 30 days from now? So I am giving some of that thoughtfulness and wisdom mm -hmm. that I'm going through right now and leading my family uh, during these challenging mm -hmm. economic times and things like that. So yeah. anyways, just a side note, but clear expectation is so important. Uh, and we have a scripture for that. That's right. It's in Proverbs 17, verse 27 says, he who has knowledge spares his words. Interesting. He spares his words. He doesn't need to actually be speaking so much because he has knowledge in his head. Mm -hmm. And it says, and a man of understanding is of a calm spirit. Don't we all want to be calm? Mm -hmm. We want our homes to be calm, mm -hmm. right? We just want a calm spirit. Well, this tells us that a man of understanding mm -hmm. is of a calm spirit. And so yeah. if you want your kids to have a calm spirit, give them understanding, pre-frame, give them clear expectations so they know what is going on that day. Yeah. It can actually, biblically, this is a biblical truth that if you give your kids clear expectations of what to expect and they have understanding of that, they will have a calm spirit. Otherwise, you might be a bully. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's the difference between um, treating your kids. That's a whole nother thing. We've done a podcast on why your kids don't respect you. Yeah. You guys have to go listen to it. It's in season one. I think it's like the fourth or fifth podcast that we ever did. One of the most popular. But one of the key things that goes along with this is that your kids learn how to respect people by how you respect people yeah, and how you respect them. And so I think that there's this element of understanding that if we are pre-framing, we're giving expectations to our kids, that's actually one way that you're showing them respect. You're yeah. setting them up for success. You're, you're understanding that they've been created in God's image and that they've been created with this desire to know what's going on, to be purposeful. God has given all of us that desire to be living on purpose. And so if your kid is just a mini you and they have this desire to be living on purpose, but they just don't know how to verbalize it or to contribute somehow because that is part of the human spirit mm -hmm. and you're not giving them that opportunity to live on purpose, to be looking ahead, to be you know, potentially going, oh, we did that today. Oh, and now we're going to do this. Like you're teaching them what it means to live productively, to live on purpose. That's how they were created. Yeah. And that can bring so much joy to them. But if you do that, that's one way you're showing them that respect because yeah. you're honoring a part of who they are at their the, the, the essential part of who God made them to yeah. be. And so it's so much easier for kids to respect you when they've been respected. That's right. So point three is discover the deeper 
problem. Before of why we, there's bad attitudes, yeah, the deeper be, problem. Before we go there, though, um, mm. would you join us for the Parenting Mentor Program? It is an investment. So when you go yeah. to CourageousParenting.com, you'll see it is 40% off. Um, well, I guess that changes, but depending on when you're listening, depending to this on podcast. when you're listening to this podcast <laughs> at the very moment, it's 40% off. Yeah. Um, but it is worth it. Uh, mm-hmm. the hundreds and hundreds of parents have gone through it. Uh, the community is powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really love it because these are the people that we can be more real with actually even more real than on the podcast. Yeah. So we have a private Facebook community for just the and, people that and a are direct in that connection program. with if they want that. Yeah. They can and text us. And so, so, so that's been really neat. And like, for example, mm-hmm. this course, we just launched the homeschooling blueprint. They knew about it first. Mm-hmm. They gave some feedback on it. They, you know, got an opportunity to even get it for free. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you were of kind of a little shy about saying that, but yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. And and then some of them, a lot of them decided to pay for it just to help the ministry anyways. Yeah, to but, support us. Uh, just so cool. I mean, they're, they're the people we, we really rally with in a deeper level. Um, but the curriculum's incredible. It is the most robust mm-hmm. program out there on parenting in a biblical way. It's the biblical parenting model we've used and seen the fruit from for the last 19, almost 20 years. So uh, anyways, it is, it is really cool. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage you to go check it out. Even if... Uh, it's not for you. Uh, sharing it helps. And uh, there's a lot of resources on CourageousParenting.com. It's also where the homeschooling blueprint is. And it's also where all the show notes for this episode and all the episodes are with all the resources we mentioned and video. And Isaac, where else can they find, um, like if they were to share the podcast, sharing the iTunes link is really Yeah, powerful. iTunes is where 80% of people listen, but mm-hmm. we're also on Google Play and other places. Sharing that stuff out there, Insta Stories, Facebook. Even giving uh, posts, reviews and ratings is so, well, that's really encouraging to us, but it also helps the algorithm so that other people can see yeah. the podcast and be encouraged in biblical parenting and diving deeper into these issues, yeah. like what we're talking about. We're going to so dig deeper, deeper into the problem of bad attitudes. So, so there are some yeah. some reasons why kids have bad attitudes. Sometimes we see them at face value, and I want you to think deeper mm-hmm. than that and go, what is behind this behavior. And sometimes it's something you absolutely have no idea about. Sometimes it's things you wouldn't expect. Sometimes your kid actually hasn't fully discovered what it is themselves and they need you to ask three questions deep to discover it. And I've said that many times, Mm -hmm. so I won't go into Mm -hmm. it. But uh, what are some of the deeper problems, Ange? Well, we talked about one of them already a little bit, which was food, right? So if kids, but this goes even deeper. It's not just a matter of like, have you fed your kids? Because, you know, obviously if they're starving, they're not going to have a good attitude. Um, But it could be irritating. Irritating to them. Right, exactly. So sometimes with parents, um, they, they discipline, they're trying to do their best and they're trying to follow the biblical parenting model, but they're not realizing that... The reality is, is that sometimes kids are intolerant to certain foods and that can actually affect their attitude. Now, I just have to say something. I am not for parents who are making excuses and justifying their kids' bad behavior and not disciplining it. Kids can learn to have self-control over their attitudes. And I know that that's a really hard thing for you to hear, but I just have to put that out there because it takes courageous parenting to do both. To figure out why your kids are what foods are bugging them, what they're sensitive to, um, why their gut is hurting, maybe why they have headaches, to have grace with them. 
But there's also an element of also talking to your kids, and this is dependent upon their age and their spiritual maturity as well, but being able to say, hey, buddy, I know you're not feeling well, but that's not a justifiable reason to be mad at your sister or to have a bad attitude. You need to exercise self-control. You're being tested right now. Let's Mm -hmm. pray about that. And so, but you don't just overlook the food issue and constantly do that. You have to be, as a parent, you actually, it's your jurisdiction. It's your responsibility. You must figure out what's going on with your kids Mm -hmm. and understand that there are things that kids are allergic to, intolerant to, right? I mean, it can even be as simple as like detergents and what kind of laundry soap you're using. Or if you're using bounce sheets, I know that for us, we had two people, me and my son, Drew, Mm -hmm. who had massive migraines for the longest time. We were trying all kinds of things, changing diet, detoxing off dairy, um, supplements, magnesium, chiropractors, all uh, physical therapy, all kinds of treatments over the course of three years, glasses, vision therapy, all kinds of things. And you guys, you know what? I switched my laundry detergent and now he gets headaches way less. That's insane. And so you've just got to look into as many things as possible. Do not give up. And uh, sleep is a big one too. That's the second one. Super big. So It's a really big deal. Okay, I just have to add on something to this because we're not just going to fly by it. But a lot of parents don't realize that their kids need more sleep than they actually do. Do a little Google search on how much sleep a child who is seven needs in a 24-hour period. Then do a search on how much sleep a teenager needs in a 24-hour period. You're going to be shocked. There's actually statistics out there that show that teenagers need almost almost as much sleep as a newborn infant. Yeah. That is insane. Newborn infants sleep 18 hours a day. That's a lot of sleep. And so if your teenagers are staying up till midnight and then they're getting up at 6 or 7 and they're cranky, um, I can probably bet on why they're cranky. Yeah, I remember public school. I would stay up too late. And then I'd always have to, what, we used to have to be at school at 7.30? I think class started at 8 or something. I'm not saying let them sleep 18 hours. That can cause depression. What I'm saying is get educated on how much sleep your kids actually need. And I'm just going to put a little, we we talk more about this in the Courageous Parenting Mentor Program, um, but I'll just give you a little piece of my history. My great grandma um, was super involved in our family's life when we were growing up. And she was in her 70s. So she was born in 1914 and Apparently, people who are from that generation, they make sure that kids nap until they're six to seven years old, period, because they just need sleep. Mm. So guess what I did all growing up? Me and my brother and my sister, we pro- like we all slept and took naps every day. And she was so awesome. She'd take us out and wear us out. Like some people, they hear that and they're like, well, my kid wouldn't go to bed at mm. 7.30 or 8 if they, if they um, took a nap. What do you say about that? And I go, um, then put them in the sun and have them run laps and go like Maybe not they need, exercise. they're not getting enough exercise. Kids are sitting in front of TVs with Nintendos. That stuff didn't exist yeah. back then. Didn't exist when I was a little kid. Digging I, in the ground. Working things, hard, pulling weeds, in working trees. on the farm, like whatever it is, yeah. you guys. So I, that's just, my, yes, that's my opinion. That's not backed up by scripture. It's my opinion that kids are not getting enough sleep and yeah. that can contribute to their bad yeah. attitudes. So here's another go, scripture. Go for it. Okay. So in Philippians 2, verse 4, it says, Let each of you look out mm. not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. So this is a really, really big one because sometimes um, we're selfish. 
And, and when we're selfish, that could be a deeper issue when we're focused on ourselves, which mm-hmm. we're going to talk more about in a little bit, but that's, that can be a big issue. Another one can be when they're sad. Yeah. There could be something they're sad about. We don't quite understand. Yeah. It, this is a whole, again, another big topic because when kids are sad, there's, there's reasons, right? And sometimes it's, it is actually that they are more emotional because they didn't get enough sleep or, and they're hungry. Then you get hangry going on, right? Yeah. And, but then there's also the element of, did they get their feelings hurt? Did, um, are they missing friends? Um, do they, what about your relationship? Are they feeling like you're mad at them or, or they, dad was short with me and he, and they didn't say anything and well, they're, they're right. wondering if there's a little bit of separation between them and dad. Do they feel unappreciated? Do they feel like they're constantly doing things for you and you're not acknowledging it? Um, you know, there's so many things that can Promises actually... aren't being followed through with. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of things that can be potentially causing sadness. Now, I will say something regarding this. If you haven't read the book by Timothy Keller, The Legacy of Self-Forgetfulness, highly recommend that tiny little pocket book. It's one of my top five favorite books of all time. Wow. And I don't... Yeah, it, it lands in that category. There you go. You and it's probably... A bunch of books. I know. It's... Yep. Well, we'll put a link in the podcast show notes. How's that sound? Cool. But um, the reality is that we, as a people, human nature, we are self-preserving of our egos. We're that selfish. Mm. That's how humans are. And so a lot of times when there's hurt feelings, I don't know if you've heard a kid say, that hurt my feelings. Well, we don't really hear that in our family very much anymore. But when we were first starting out in the parenting journey, I did hear it a couple times. Mm. And then I read this book. And then it never happened again. And the reason why is because that is actually a sign of ego. Feelings being hurt is really, you hurt my ego. Mm -hmm. Um, That doesn't mean that there isn't a real thing called emotions Mm -hmm. and like conflict, but we need to put a proper biblical vocabulary label on things. Is someone sad because there is conflict in a relationship? Mm -hmm. That's very different than, they hurt my feelings, Mm -hmm. right? Like if there's conflict... Conflict happens between two people and it needs to be resolved biblically. Mm -hmm. So they have a choice. They can either overlook the offense because it's to a man's glory to overlook an offense, or they can go Matthew 18, confront the issue and learn what biblical reconciliation looks like. And that can be a good, healthy thing. And so do you see how we need to teach our kids the two, there's only two options when they've been offended and they need to deal with that. Now, this is the tricky thing you brought up that maybe they feel like dad was sharp with them. And maybe they feel like dad isn't approachable to go to and say, hey, dad, you hurt my feelings when you snapped at me today. Mm -hmm. So that's going to require you going to your kids and going, hey, I noticed you're kind of sad. Is it because of how I talked to you earlier? I'm really sorry. You need to humble yourself down, blow your child, look at them in the eyes, take responsibility for your sin, for your lack of self-control. And just be careful not to rationalize it, to apologize, then rationalize it. Hey, I'm really sorry I did that. But. But here's why I did it. Yeah. Okay. Do you want your kids to do that? Well, I hit my sister, but it's because she took the toy from me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You guys, we have to be mimic. We have to be modeling good behavior. And if we want our kids to be taking responsibility for their actions, for their words, for their sin, then we have to. Yeah. A couple last things. We talked about health and friendships. Mm -hmm. We've kind of already talked about that. Health is really a big deal though. And you want to make sure um, 
you know, we had a kid where, you know, allergic to something. And once that thing was out of their diet, massive attitude changes. So it really, it really can be just a massive, massive difference. Um, the next one is get them off of themselves. By the way, all of these things could equally be for you as they are for your kids. And when I say you, that's Mm -hmm. for us too, right? All of these points, uh, no matter how old somebody is, these are truths. Mm -hmm. We got to get ourselves off of ourselves. And right now, people in quarantine, things like that, people not around our friends as much and those Mm -hmm. kinds of things, we can start to get self-focused. Mm-hmm. And there's two ways we get self-focused. I taught this to our kids this morning, actually. One is mm-hmm. we're moving towards depression if we're self-focused. Mm-hmm. That is like the worst thing to think about all the time is yourself. Oh, am I good enough? What do people think of me? I'm not pretty enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm worried about relationships and how I maybe did something wrong because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they haven't been communicating with me. You see, and, and it's this wormhole that leads towards depression if we think too much about ourselves. So that's one bad path. The other bad path is pride. So mm-hmm. both are bad mm-hmm. and both block our communication with the Lord. So mm-hmm. if we're self-focused and we're worried in an anxiety about ourselves because we're thinking about ourselves too much, if we're thinking about ourselves too much and we might be boosting our ego and having too much pride and thinking too highly of ourselves, both are very, very, very bad. And so we have to think about is which one of those might be happening with our kids if they're thinking too much about themselves. And the best way to get off of ourselves is to help others. Okay. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what could you be doing to nourish the servant hearted efforts? Right now, we're brainstorming that Mm -hmm. uh, during the economic challenges. And right now, we're praying and thinking about what business in our area do we love and want to support? And And how can it end up blessed as we're supporting them? How can it bless someone else? So like an example, we've one of the kids brought up was buying gift cards from a local restaurant and giving them to the nurses or something like that. And yeah. So we're, we're not 100% sold on that for our family. We're praying about it because there were quite a few little ideas. Yeah. Um, but- Another one you had is is we're going to buy Bibles and mm-hmm. there's these little library boxes in neighborhoods. Yeah. And we're going to drive around and the kids are going to jump out and put Bibles, put Bibles in, in. in the boxes. Kid Bibles, regular Bibles. And that's a way they yeah. can be physically That involved. comes from, I don't know if you guys listened to our previous podcast over a month ago now um when we were talking about the coronavirus and and reaching out and how people are more open to the gospel right now we noticed one of these lending libraries in our neighborhood and i put a couple bibles in there solomon and i did they were gone like that and they were they the next time i went to check our mail all three were gone both both of the kids bibles and the uh, regular bible so then i started thinking like oh man i've seen these other places we got to do this yeah so we want to share that with you guys to inspire you to think of other ideas of things that you can do to spread the gospel. And are we just praying for ourselves? Are your kids just praying for themselves? Mm-hmm. Or are they praying for others? Let's lead in praying for other people and get mm-hmm. ourselves off, off ourselves, ourselves yeah. uh, which is important. We have a scripture on that. Yeah, so Philippians 4, I know that we've shared this um, in th- multiple contexts. When we lost our baby, this was a scripture passage I was focusing on. Isaac had preached on Philippians 4 literally the week before I lost mm-hmm. mercy. But um, you guys, it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God 
and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So sometimes kids, when they're focused on themselves so much, they can become um, stressed out and anxious, and that can become part of their bad attitude is that they're full of stress, they're anxious about things, wanting to control things, that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. Um, But it's giving you the actual equation for how to help your kids and to help yourself to come out of that, which is to pray which is what we were just talking about, but pray with what? Thanksgiving. So maybe doing a whiteboarding exercise with your kids and coming up with the things to be thankful for to spend time praying just in Thanksgiving so that your kids are not struggling with an anxious, stressful attitude. This is the other aspect. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. That's God's peace, not your peace. Okay, Mm -hmm. And that's why it surpasses all understanding. It doesn't make sense to humanity. It will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. In another passage of scripture in Romans 12 too, it actually tells us to have our minds renewed by the transforming power of the word. We have to take action. We have to be in the word so mm-hmm. that the word can transform us. But this is different. This is Jesus Christ actually guarding your heart and your mind. So Amen. you guard your heart and your mind and God will guard your heart and your mind based upon Philippians 4, which is what needs to happen. Yeah. So be in the word to have your mind renewed. Yeah. Change your kids' attitudes, be in the word, but then pray so that the peace of God will also guard your heart. There's two ways you can do this. It's yeah. pretty cool. You know, it's interesting. It connect with friends. Now, if you have little littles, that's harder. One of the things we've been doing, we've been doing Zoom church for our home church mm-hmm. lately. And at the end, all the kid, all the little kids get up to the screen and wave hi to each other. And one thing I noticed, um, is none of them know how to talk to each other or at least through zoom. They all wave and smile and they, and they don't really actually engage each other. And that was just a a eye opening opening that, wow, I need to teach Solomon at four, how to engage conversation. How are you? Because conversation is all about focusing on the other person, not yourself. Right. And so let's, let's connect them with friends, but let's make sure we're reminding them. Yeah. That's not just to occupy be a vacuum for their self. Okay, so you guys are getting a little bit of a glimpse into what Isaac and I, when we're just having our normal like conversations, because we haven't had a chance to talk about this, but that was actually one of the things I was thinking too on Sunday, because I, mm. I was literally telling Solomon, Tell, ask them how they are. Yeah. Ask them how they are. But that's how you teach your kids. You actually have to put the question in their mind, have them mimic it, Mm-hmm. and practice it and then they get a response and then you give them another question you have to teach people how to be good question askers yeah um and that is definitely something we need to work on with him yeah for sure yeah but i have another passage of scripture here same chapter in proverbs we were in just earlier proverbs 17 verse 21 and 22 the reason why i'm bringing in 21 is because a lot of times people focus on verse 22 which is a merry heart does good like medicine but a broken spirit dries the bones we're talking about bad attitudes broken spirits Mm -hmm. here in this podcast so a merry heart a good attitude is like medicine Amen. To a broken spirit, right? And so we are talking about bad attitudes versus healthy attitudes. But it's important that you recognize that a bad attitude can actually create a broken spirit. And that's not what we want in our children. We don't have to want to have to fix their spirit or try to help their spirit. We can't do that. That's something God has to do. But you guys, it's always interesting to read the scripture that's surrounding it and not just pull out a passage of scripture. Like I think about this, I'm like, oh, I know a song. A cheerful heart is good medicine. <laughs> Get old Steve Greed and hide him in your heart. But if you look at verse 21, it says, he who begets a scoffer does so to his sorrow. Mm-hmm. What is begetting? It's giving birth to, it's having. So a, a father here who has 
a son that is a scoffer has sorrow. And then it says, and the father of a fool has no joy. We're talking about bad attitudes, healthy attitudes. We want joy in Mm. our homes. And this is a warning to mothers and fathers that you will have no joy if your children are fools. Yeah. That's a huge deal. And what is a fool? Well, they're naturally fools and we're constantly pulling them out of foolery. That's right. Because foolishness is wrought up in the heart of a child. That's also a proverb. But a scoffer, what is a scoffer? You guys, look up the definition of scoffer. I did a little study on this with my kids. Very good little word study to do with your kids. It's someone who literally laughs at other people, looks and watches people walking by and makes fun of them. Mm-hmm. We do not want our kids to be like that. A scoffer is foolish. And if you have a kid that's that way, you will have no joy and you will have sorrow in your life. And that is the first verse that's right before a merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. It's important that we're reading all the scripture, not realizing that sometimes these little scriptures that we're singing and we're thinking about actually have to do with parenting, yeah. with family life. Yeah. God's word is so good, you guys. So next point, number five, help them see their sin. Now, some of you might be going, wait a minute, are kids, do kids sin? And I don't know how you could possibly ask that question <laughs> unless you don't have kids. That's right. I because mean, selfishness is sin and are kids ever selfish? Are they ever wanting their own way right now on their schedule? I mean, at least maybe it's just our kids, honey, but right when they come out, they're they, they appear sinful. to be sinful. Yeah. Give me that milk right now. Okay. I'm not going to tell you who because I don't want to embarrass my child. But I, we had one child <laughs> who my milk hadn't come in yet. They're like 24 hours old. They literally had their first temper tantrum at under 24 hours old. So much so the trachea collapsed and they went purple and blue in the face and Isaac runs out to the hall. My baby's not breathing. (laughs) All because my milk hadn't come in yet. I'm telling you, kids are sinful from the time they are born. And so the reality is, is that they don't know how else to communicate. And that's true. That's aspect of babies. And it's a good thing God makes babies cute. Hmm. But the reality is, is it's still sin to have it right now my way, right? But even if you disagree with that, Whenever you disagree with something we believe from a doctrine perspective, hey, I respect that. As long as you dive into scripture and you know 100% only from the Bible why you disagree. Okay? Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Um, we have another scripture here. Okay. James. So James chapter 3. We're actually going to read 14 to 18. It's four verses. It's not a ton, but this is super, super important because it's talking about the issues of being self-seeking, of being selfish. Okay. So it says, but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. Okay. So like, seriously, you have to be introspective. Do you have bitter envy or self-seeking in your heart anywhere? Because it says that this wisdom does not descend from above, Mm -hmm. but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. Yeah. Yep. That's what the Bible says. Literally, self-seeking in your heart and bitter envy, sensual, earthly, demonic. You guys, this is a big deal. Verse 16 says, for where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Does that feel like your house sometimes? We've had times where that feels like our house in a day. 
Oh my gosh. It's super convicting, you guys. We all have to heed the word of God. Verse 17, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield. Mm -hmm. Okay, can I just pause for a second and just say two things? Willing to yield, that means you're willing to give up your will and follow what you're told to do. Submit to authority. Which right now you have people actually going against that, right? And so there's a lot of, this is convicting for adults as well as for young kids. Do your kids obey you? Or are they willful, not yielding to you? If you ever resist authority in the world, it better be a really good biblical (laughs) reason. Because if you do, you're basically giving a green light to resisting authority to your kids. kids. Yeah. So it has to be a biblical um, reason, okay? Full of mercy. So this is, remember, we're saying wisdom that's from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy, which is what you were just talking about. If you do something, you can't tell your kids, oh, no, you need to obey me, but I'm not going to obey authorities over me. Like you can't be an independent spirit and then expect your kids not to be. You're going to create the fruit that you are. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Now the fruit, (laughs) this is interesting. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So it's very important that we're responsive Mm -hmm. to their sin. A lot of times we let it go because we're tired, hungry, uh, late, whatever. We need to be responsive. The times we need to slow down are when our kids need to be corrected. And we need to do it in a loving way, never in anger. And we talk more about that in the Parenting Mentor Program because mm-hmm. that could be two full episodes, which yeah. is the biblical discipline. But super important to discipline well consistently mm-hmm. and do it. Um, and the final thing, and it'll be super quick, is they mimic you. And we already mm-hmm. said it. Don't be a hypocrite. Um, you can't teach or correct what you mm-hmm. don't do. And so it's so important. You should have an audit yourself, a Mm -hmm. self-reflection real quick. What of these six things do I model Mm -hmm. poorly? So good. And what are the six things? Let's just go through them real quick. Starting your day right. Having clear expectations. Number three is discover the deeper problem, right? Like is there food issues, sleep issues, self Even for yourself, what are the deeper problems for you? The fourth thing is get them or get yourself off of yourself and onto God's purposes for their life. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Number five, help them to see their sin. We're talking about biblical discipline. We're talking about consistency here. And number six six is being responsible for the fact that they mimic you. So do you start the day right? Do you have clear expectations because you're good at planning? Do you just, do you know what your deeper problem is? Um, and are you on yourself or are you off yourself and on purpose for God's purposes? And are you really being introspective and seeing your own sin? And do you desire to lead well? Also, who do you mimic? Like, who are you allowing to lead you? Oh, yeah. that's a big one because our kids do mimic us, but we also mimic the people that we're following. So we have to be careful who we allow to influence us, right? So the last thing I want to say is actually the resource that I was mentioning, okay? Mm. So we mentioned in number three, discovering the deeper problem. Are the kids getting enough exercise so that they sleep well? Exercise can make you feel good, right? But mm. right now, people are having a hard time getting out, yeah. right? And so I have to share with you guys Vagabond 
fit.com. They are an awesome Christian couple. They have offered 30% off at checkout for their home movement online program. It's a 10-week program that will give your family Um, get your family moving and meet the physical education needs necessary for any student. This program will give you three workouts a week to containing body weight movements, challenges to build strength, speed, cardio, mobility. And they also have included video demonstrations in every workout, healthy recipes and educational terms to help you progress and learn in your physical education. So this is like a 10-week physical education program that you can do in your home with your kids. And they have a 30% off discount code. This is actually part of our homeschooling blueprint. So you can use the code HSBlueprint to be able to get that. Um, But one thing that I am bringing up as we're just sharing this with you guys is that this is an example of many discounts that we have in the homeschool blueprint. And I just wanted you to see, like this is an example of one of the things that we are, we're collaborating with other curriculums and other resources to be able to give that discount. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We hope this helps. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.